Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled, Should We Stop Evangelizing Our Children? I wrote an article on the theology behind the second salvation of my youngest daughter. It elicited uh, one of the top 10% of nearly 4,000 comments I've received on Medium.com in the past year. Uh, The author of that comment spoke about how young, impressionable, and naive she was, being only six years old, to be proselytized by an eight-year-old neighborhood evangelist. Of course, from my perspective, uh, being witnessed to by a peer, even at the age of six, seemed a blessing both from the perspective of my appreciation of this evangelist's parents and for the sake of my own daughter's eternal life. And yes, I recognize that my feelings would have been very different had it have been a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon roaming our neighborhood. More importantly, what if I was to suggest that since my daughter did not fully understand what she was saying in her first rendition of the sinner's prayer, she was actually creating roadblocks for the future potential salvation experience that was more sincere. What if she went through her whole life thinking she was going to heaven when she mouthed a prayer at six, never truly accepting Jesus Christ as both her Savior and Lord, which fortunately, by the way, she did a few years later. How many Christian testimonies are based on childhood salvations which do not result in a changed life? James 2, 14 through 17 speaks to what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. How many Christian parents and grandparents assume all is eternally well with their kids and grandkids once the pastor and the church seal the deal by a dunk or a sprinkle? How many adults who say they were Christians and are now quote-unquote deconstructing, never really demonstrated an initial saving faith, an interest in building a relationship with God, or a desire to follow his truths in the first place. John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. We know from a a recent study by Barna that the most fruitful mission fields are kids under the age of 18, 94%. So for Christians concerned with the Great Commission, you know, it's a siren's call for pastors, parents, Sunday school teachers, church youth camps, and basically all hands on deck to immerse kids in a culture of Christian influence until they walk the aisle, talk to the pastor, and confirm to everyone they are quote-unquote quote unquote, saved by getting baptized. The earlier the child can articulate that they are sinners, Christ loves them and wants to save them, the more pride the parents can express in their Christian cocoon. I realize the sarcasm above that I'm referencing is, is unfair, but it's intended to make a point that rarely if ever gets made. The more we press young, impressionable kids to acquiesce to our biblical Christian worldview rather than their own, the more we risk seeing ourselves reflected back at us 
rather than the truth as they grow into teens and young adults. For myself, when I heard my daughter got rebaptized at 16, first my thought was not what a praise and relief that she's really saved. Instead it was, she was saved at six. I know it. I saw it. What in the world was she thinking getting baptized again? As Christians, reflect on those you know who have said they got quote-unquote saved at an early age. Is there spiritual fruit in their lives? Have they been seeking a loving relationship with Jesus? Or is the Bible just a dusty book given as a gift by the pastor at the baptism, buried in the closet unread? Is church the occasional visit rather than a commitment? Is biblical morality unknown or at least nullified by social and societal realities. Matthew seven twenty one and following. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Do those you love not just love their neighbor, but really demonstrate a love for Jesus Christ? The first time my daughter prayed to receive Christ at six, she did not pray from a contrite, regretful heart. The second time at 16, she understood and prayed to God for both his provision for salvation and his position as Lord of all of our lives. God does not ignore a genuine prayer. He's a righteous father who cannot accept sin. God, as well as my daughter, knew that at six she was making a statement on who God is, our Savior, rather than what our position is juxtaposed against his, which is our Lord. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. My daughter was saved at 16 through a heart change, not the word she actually mouthed while her eyes were closed at six. So, should we stop evangelizing our children? Of course not. Is it acceptable to build a Christian wall around them until they bend to our biblical Christian worldview? Surprisingly, I would say yes. The truth is that we are not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven, Philippians 3.20 and John 15.19. To abdicate our responsibility as parents and Christian caregivers regarding the eternal status of our youth would be horrific. What we need to avoid is ignoring our continuing responsibility to help in the sanctification process once our young charges make a profession of faith that's sincere. And even more importantly, perhaps be true fruit checkers as we look for changes in their behavior newly minted with the Holy Spirit in their hearts. Corinthians 6.19 So Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, things that we need to be looking for. And finally, Romans 12.1 and following, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God bless you as you serve him today.
Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.